you are in the perfect place at the divine time to be touched by a horse. Here's your hosts, Melissa Pierce and Dane Cheek. Hi, everybody. It's Melissa with Touched by a Horse, and thanks for joining me today. For our podcast today, Dane is not on this one because I'm doing another interview with one of my incredible graduates, Kathy Slochter, and I will tell you that Kathy has dual things that we'll be talking about today, both of which catch my heart. So hi, Kathy. Thanks for doing this with me. Hi. Thank you. It's an honor to be here with you. Thank you. Well, let's start with what I'm known for, which is the program that I run and that you've gone through and that you've been certified in and all of that. But I want to hear, how'd you find out about it? I'm asking everybody I'm interviewing and I'm learning some really deep and wonderful stories about how'd you decide to come into touch by horse? Oh, well, I I started by being in recovery. So I've been sober now for 10 years. And during that time, I wanted to find something different to do. And I also found out through walking in nature that I wanted something to do with outside. And I had one horse at the time. And I just, I loved being around my horse. And I found out that you can coach from the ground. You don't have to be on top of the horse because I'm not a I'm not an avid rider I love to ride but I don't know the proper technique for all riding so I didn't want to teach how to ride but I wanted to work with horses so I started googling and I I did go to a weekend of another program that just didn't feel right to me and then I was googling and I found Melissa and on there was sending some information I sent it in I'm somebody that doesn't read every single line and I got a phone call call or a text that said, you're in and you're going to Coors. And (laughs) and I'm like, I'm what? Okay. You know, I just (laughs) followed through and said, I guess I'm a participant. I'm getting books in the mail. And I'm going... (laughs) I guess I should read the bottom line a little (laughs) better. Right. That must be our old strategy because we're in our 15th year now. So 10 years ago, that's probably how we did it. So that's pretty good. I love it. Did you have horses as a child, as a kid? Uh, My mom and dad had ponies and I had one pony that would love to go into the woods. So every time we trotted down the road, I ended up in the woods. So I (laughs) fell in love with horses. I don't know why. I fell in love with horses and I would ride anytime somebody you know a neighbor a couple neighbors had horses and all that kind of stuff but I never bought another horse until I was in my 40s I had one horse and she was boarded at my sister's house and while I was in my drinking career (laughs) I rode her I think once a month if I was lucky and then she started bucking me off so little did I know that she wasn't just being a little crapper girl she was telling me you are not in any condition to ride yeah yeah Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's a new riding yeah, under the influence. Yeah, right. No right? riding so under the saying, influence. No, I used to say that. I guess she doesn't want me I'm to not do that. Do it. And, yeah. Um, you know, I didn't know that at the time. Like I said, I really thought she was just being naughty. Right. So they teach us all kinds of things, even when we're not realizing it. So hindsight's that twenty twenty. Right, and that's the great thing about this program is now I yeah. know that about her. And you know, after I got sober, I got to learn how to ride her again. I started over, and that's when I started to get the interest in going 
going, what, you know, what more can these horses do for us? I went yeah. to a riding program, which I helped in assisted autistic and Down syndrome kids to ride. Nice. And I could see that their out of control bodies started to get in control when they're around a horse. And I knew there was something more mm-hmm. to it than just riding mm-hmm. in the in the rhythm of a horse. And, you know, gosh, I just, I love right. all the things that I've I've learned since I stepped into your program, you know, I just, it's opened my mind and my heart and my soul so much. And, you know, I I love that I can help others do the same thing. And you thought of one of the most, I will say after 270 graduates or whatever we have, one of the most creative names for your business that I've seen. (laughs) So in, in AA and all that, there's a phrase one day at a time. So tell them the name of your company. So while I was in the shower, of course, one day I was going, what can I name my business? And I love one day at a time because. I was learning to live that way. I'd only been a year sober, I think, at the time. And I was like mm-hmm. going through one bay, one K, one day, one lay, one nay. <laughs> nay! There it is. <laughs> so one my business is one nay, knicker and nays, horses do that. So one nay at a time. It's just so perfect. It was so perfect when you brought it to me and said, I'm thinking this. I thought, you have to. That is just too perfect for yeah. your situation. And yeah. It just for fit. your clients. So good. It felt you right. You bet. You bet. One of the business ventures you've done besides seeing clients with the EGC method, which we'll definitely double back and talk to, but one of the business ventures you did was you created a coloring book. So tell us a little bit about your coloring book. I sell it in my store. I sell it online. You sell it. Easy to get. I love, love, love it. So what is that book about? Well, Kim Beer is a photographer, and her and I work together to create what I call a nay doodle book. It's adult meditative zen doodle coloring book. And in there are gestalt phrases. So I ask clients to think about something in their life that's going on. Maybe it's your strength or fear or something like that. So while you're nay doodling, you come up with what's going on with fear in your life. Let's say that. And then on the second page after that is your truth. And you get to write down in journal what you found out about yourself as you were doodling. So I think I have 21 of them in the book. And yeah, you can you can buy that on my one nay at a time.com site and also in Melissa's. Nice, yeah. nice. It's really brilliant. I love it. It's my gypsies. Yeah, it is. Yes, it's the actual pictures of my horses on my property, which is pretty cool. Yeah, very cool. Very cool. And it's so relaxing. It's so meditative is one word, but sometimes we just need to unwind and relax, but we're, you know, needing something to focus on. I think for me, women do best with their hands busy, you know, and and so I love that. I sit in the evening and have a good thought and color away. Yeah, I agree. Because we especially alcoholics or people in recovery have crazy, crazy minds. They say that all the time. I don't know if everybody does, but I know I certainly do. And it gets me to stop thinking so crazy and my, you know, it gets me to be mindful. Right. I'm not in the, in the sobriety movement. I I haven't personally had the problem with alcohol, but I will tell you, I think it's a female. I think women's minds don't stop. You know, we think about, we're concerned about who we love. We're looking at the world. And so anything we can 
can do to kind of slow our roll and bring us down to a focused moment is a blessing. So I'm all about living in that present moment. And so I, I don't know your community may have a bigger problem, but I got enough of a problem without drinking. So I'm in there, in there for the, the settling down and coming to the to the present moment stuff. So along your journey with Touch by a Horse, my friend Joyce Kaufer and I created a sort of subcategory for people that had not had professional experience with horses. I'm really blessed to have worked with incredible trainers and shown and shown at a world level. And I, I just had a lot of opportunity that way. And Joyce as well had really applied herself to becoming a trainer for people. And we got our heads together and said, I think there's a lot of people that would love to have that sort of basic training around horses, something that would give them a background, something to lean on. Where did horses come from in the first place to how their anatomy is structured, their regular vet care, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And my field of energy with horses. And so we created something called Equine Studies 101. And I think you went through the first class of that that we did, didn't you? Were you in the first group? It was the second. Second group. Okay. Second group. Second. Nice. We did one week at my ranch in Colorado and one week at Joyce's facility in Maryland. And it was so fun. We We had a ball doing it. And at that time you came in and you gobbled up everything you could learn. I just remember you having so much fun and it was just so fun. Hands on, you know, with the horses. Yeah. Had one had horse, one horse one at horse. the time. So, horse. what did that lead to, Kathy? Oh my goodness! Um, <laughs> well, I decided yes. I went to Melissa's farm, and she has Gypsy Vanners there, and I fell in love with the breed. And because I'm not, um, like I said, an avid rider and know a whole lot about them, I love that they were more laid back. They were calmer. They were, you know, that part struck me too. Is oh, I want to work with these. And then I thought, you know, the people in Melissa's program would want to buy some of these babies to work with them. So I started buying horses and breeding them and having babies. And I worked myself up to 30, which could be a part of my addict. (laughs) But I I worked up to 30 horses and then some because they had babies. Right. um, yeah. And now I breed and I, I actually do that part. I work with a vet. I teach the babies. I give them, you know, I, I give them meds. I give them shots. I, I'm doing everything that gosh, I'd never imagine that this would be me a few years down the <laughs> From one to that. Yeah, I guess not. From but one to 30 in less than probably six years. Gypsies are like potato chips. There's no way you could have just one. They're just too fun. And they yeah, do have... Yeah, but I don't need the whole bag. No, 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 no. Right. <laughs> but that's true. Maybe a little diet, a little cutting back, right? Yeah. But it's... So I did go on a diet. I am Good. down to 20 now. There you go. Very trim. Very trim. <laughs> perfect. What drew me to the breed in the first place was my daughter. saw them online before they were prevalent in the U.S. in any way, and she just was following it, and she kind of would show me all the beautiful photos, which they are the most fun horse to photograph. And I don't know if you experienced this, but for me, the beautiful photos that we get of our gypsies, I will confess, because this podcast is kind of a behind the scenes thing, that there is a very dirty person right outside of that Camry field, because it takes a lot to get these guys looking 
camera ready. And usually the human looks anything but camera ready by the time they're <laughs> yes. camera ready. So they, uh, mine at least, they love to find mud and dirt and any way they can get dirty that it is. And I don't know if they just like the grooming yes. process so much that they go, oh good, let's do that again or what. But I never go in the barn and they're standing there looking like they did the day before. So Right. And they have hair hair galore. They that do. Takes a lot of time they to get, to get dry and, yeah. you know, pick through yeah. and, you know, make yeah. sure that looks nice and shiny and you know you you think long hair is one thing you know do a whole tail of yeah <laughs> of a gypsy thick hair and whew, your hands are your hands are sore by the time you're done exactly that yeah i've got <laughs> one that when i well you know him preonsa my red and white when i braid his tail all into one braid it's the size of a rope they bring ships in with like big ships in with from the harbor i mean they're they have a lot of hair. And I remember Aubin, one of my first ones, I had braided his mane and his braided mane was down below his shoulder. So he had a long braid and he went flying through the door between his stall and the run and caught that braid, just one braid and pulled it, pulled it out by Ooh. the roots. Right. Cause he was, he was just being a nut Ooh. job for a minute. He came in and I was like, Oh my gosh. Cause in a quarter horse or anything else, that would take a long time for that to grow back. Inside of one year, it was down below his shoulder again. And I was like, wow, oh they just produced this hair <laughs> unbelievably. So yeah, they can, they can cut it off by trying to get the grass on the other side of the fence too. So exactly. you know, it, is, exactly. it is nice. They do grow back. They do grow back. You live in a cold part of the country too. I always think their feathers on their legs are like Uggs, you know, they're the natural Uggs boots that they're wearing. So <laughs> They have that, but it's in there. So you're based in Michigan. Yes, yeah, Michigan. Yeah. It's been great. Yeah, we don't do gray, but we do snow, and, and so do you. We're, we're uh, actually recording this the first week of May, so it'll play sometime when everyone's finally warm and saying, snow, what's snow? Snow is gone. So we're looking forward to that. You went from having one horse to this plentitude of gypsies and decided to breed and now you're facing the first mare to give you that first foal you know i've i've said in the podcast before i've done over 250 foals from my horses not my gypsies this was out as quarter horses and paints but i bred a lot and for many 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 years and i would love to hear if you remember what that felt like watching her and getting ready for her to have that foal do you remember that first one i do but i was not present at the time i wish i was but um it was pretty close to afterwards because the baby hadn't quite popped up yet so i missed the actual birth and let me tell you i had her in a stall and i had her watching her and i'd let her out and i'd peek at her and I'd, I put like a first alert thing on on the back end of her so that I would know right away and I put something in the house and she of course nudged that off because they love to rub their butts on anything so that came off at least twice I think and finally by the time she had the baby I said forget it I can't do it again and I I went out and did something and came back home and there it was it was earlier in the morning and you know I was just so excited it was a black and white beautiful beautiful colt and his name is Prince and he's out there somewhere um you know he was one of my first to be sold to and oh and trying to see that little guy try to pick up his feet and stretch those legs and stand and he 
wobble back and forth and you know and just going down from you I've learned to go down and and breathe into their nostrils and to pick up their feet you know you taught me some of that kind of stuff too just to be present with them and to have them know that I'm their other mother and embody them with my care and let them know that I'm a safe person too and oh I just loved I putting it out I had a indoor arena at the time and I still do but yeah. I was able to let them just run out and he's kicking and bucking oh and, yeah you know, mama's yeah. just mama was just like where are you going what are you doing what are you doing what are you doing <laughs> It tired me out to watch mama watch the baby. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Settle down, settle down. It does. Yeah. It's so exciting. And those babies, you know, I have said I used that first alert system for many years and I didn't miss the babies because of that. But they used to stitch it. Did, were they stitching it on your They stitched mare? it, yeah. Yeah, sutured it and they still pulled, still rubbed it off. I wonder because yeah. they're, they're, the hair of their tail is so much denser thicker, than a quarter yeah. horse. Yeah, that I bet they can unsuture it themselves. So yeah, I mean, they really, there. I think, I don't think every horse rubs butts like gypsies no, do. No, no, you know, yeah. They yeah. find anything they can to rub their their rear end yeah. on, and, and yeah. I just said, forget it. I'm getting a camera. <laughs> Do it the old fashioned way. That's right, webcam or whatever. Yeah. So yeah. they they really go with all of my foals. I remember being absolutely astonished at how quickly they go from their first breath to getting up on those wobbly little legs, and it's like the next day or two, and they're bucking and rearing, and they're so competent, you know, on those oh, feet. Yeah. It's crazy. It's crazy how competent they are to just woohoo you know let's go have some fun and depending on how many foals the mares had before I had the opportunity over so many years that some of the mares had had many foals and they were much more casual like a woman who's had five children they were sort of like oh okay fine you know whatever do what you need to do it's great and the the new moms you know the brand new moms were very much more the ones that were hovering like oh no he's gonna kill himself bucking like that you know settle down you know me too I love to watch it still today but I'm not as like, you know, oh my God, oh my God, yeah. oh my God. You know, it's more, I've learned, you know, through this program yeah. that they feel all our energy and I do my best not to hold that, oh, if something happens, yeah. you know, get down there in the, yeah, to stand far away and to let them right. do their stuff, right. be available if I need to, but let them do their stuff yeah. and, you know, step in when I need yeah. to and thank God I've never yep. really had to yet. You know, I helped them find the nipple a few times. Yeah, I wondered, because you've been breeding a few years now, and you have yet to have an orphan foal, right? You haven't lost a mare, so that's great. And have you you haven't lost a foal either. I have not. They've all been live births. Wow, you've been very fortunate. I've had to take one to the hospital. It was a first-time mom, and I missed the birth. The same thing, it was a few hours later, and I don't think that she got the colostrum that was needed. The mother didn't know, wasn't there for it properly because it was new after she went to the hospital for a couple days she came home and she's a bouncing baby girl already that's great that's great yep do you have babies this year in 2022 i do i have one already and that's a mini gypsy i don't know if you've heard of them but they're about 11 hands tell me a little bit about the mini 12 oh hands. 12 hands that's what it is so they're that size 
Yep, 12 hands and under, I think. It's a little colt. He's a little black colt. He's a doll baby, and he's been the only colt for about a month now. Mm -hmm. I bred two of them at the same time, and of course, one took and the other didn't. So a month later, I'm, I'm right now is my month later, and I have four horses in the barn ready to drop any day. Their due date is right now. So <laughs> Next time I see you, remind me to give you my banner because I don't have a use for it anymore, but I used to put it across that part of my barn, and it said Mertonic. And whenever I'd have, you know, four to six mares in at one time, I'd be quiet. This is the Maritonity Award, you know, <laughs> coming in there. I so. will. Yeah, sure. still have yes. that. Yeah, so. it's so much fun. Touched by a Horse offers three comprehensive programs giving you the ability to have the career you've always dreamed about, working in partnership with the magic of horses. Our Equine Facilitator Program provides you with the skills to build a thriving business hosting group experiences with horses. Our Equine Gestaltis program prepares you to open your own private gestalt practice in partnership with horses. And our Master Equine Gestaltis program builds your gestalt skills both in and outside the round pen. All of our programs include in-depth live classes, business growth training, and a supportive community of herd members to collaborate with and learn from. Visit our website at touchedbyahorse.com to learn more about which program is right for you and your healing herd. I have a cam now so I can watch them in the house. I don't sleep very well because every time I go to the bathroom or get up or wake up or turn around, I get on my cam and I look at them and make sure they're all okay. And, you know, I think I was, I was sitting on it last night for almost an hour because one was up and down and up and down and no, nope, yeah, nothing. Yeah. So. Yeah, it, he was just practicing, <laughs> getting up and down, just practicing. Yep. Yeah, gosh, that's yeah. amazing. And so you've been, I'm going to say, fortunate to have most of your babies go to touch by horse population, practitioners and people that have that kind of mindset around horses. We, we think of them as our partners, not something we own, and a lot of different things around energy. Have you been able to stick to that completely, or do you sometimes interview people in the public, and if they seem like a fit for your horses relinquish one <laughs> sell they're hard to get sell one of yours yeah i for sure um i advertise a lot on facebook and it's peace of serenity ranch is the breeding okay. program that i have and it's p it's peace kathy it's p-e-a-c-e -E, right it's yes peace not a piece of, of wood ranch. it's peace right. and serenity right. yeah right. Yep. right peace of serenity nice. ranch you can get there through one nay at a time.com on there says meet my horses in my ranch and the Facebook thing is on there. Of course, you can just go on Facebook and Google one day at a time or Kathy Slachter or Peace of Serenity Ranch. All three of them are running for me. I have, you know, right, my businesses right. go. <laughs> I show beautiful. I have a TC is taking care of business. He's a gray, big, beautiful stallion. Gorgeous. That, yeah, that I show and he's out there a lot. And I have at least two of his babies. Two more are out there. I sold this past year. So two more are out there. And, you know, they're, nice. they're excited to have their babies. And, you know, I post every mm -hmm. single day something about you do a wisdom with horses I do a nay nay for the day so my pictures are everywhere they just are a big part of who I am today absolutely absolutely 
And, you know, it's, it is tricky because I also bred and produced a lot of horses, but I can remember having a lot of concern anytime I watched one of my babies go out the driveway in somebody else's trailer. Oh, you know, for it's sure. a, it's not an easy feeling. And so I will say on, on your behalf that gypsies have become pretty popular in the U.S. And just like breeds of dogs, if you aren't breeding the best to the best, you're going to get pretty mediocre horses and there are a lot of gypsies out there that people can go get for pretty inexpensive prices because they're not really the drum horse they're not really the gypsy they aren't the quality that we'd love to see the breed standard keep to so if you're interested in a gypsy Kathy's somebody I personally endorse contact her if she doesn't have one she'll guide you to the breeder some of mine came through or someone else that really breeds the real deal and that's that's really important to me mine actually flew on an airplane here from the united kingdom and it's called the sd farms they've been breeding horses gypsies for years and years and years so you know i i wanted to stay with the same style the the smaller faces and the smaller ears and you know it was important to me and i trust them and they trust me now and and we have a good community going back and forth and you know i i love knowing that i have i feel like i have the best of the best and they call them simply the best i do feel like they are great breed they are a great breed and that's that's why we want to keep them as much as we can to the original and more purity in the breed as we possibly can so i think that's awesome so go to peace p-e-a-c-e peace of serenity ranch is one way kathy slachter s-l-a-g-t-e-r is another way to find kathy if you want to find out more about her coloring book nadals or about her gypsy banners or just to actually drool over her gorgeous stallion um (laughs) he's fun to watch he's fun you get a lot of great videos of him in the show ring and stuff he's a lot of fun yes, he's fun beautiful getting the dapples the gray dapples right oh now. It's yeah. Like, yeah 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 he and he knows he's pretty he knows oh he pretty. does yes he, really he struts does, very well sure. yes struts very well exactly <laughs> i bought two of mine in utero from the breeder that i've gone through and remember you know even even after all the foals that I birthed out and raised in quarter horses and paints, how different the gypsy babies really are. They enter the world very willing and very calm and very much willing to go. So hello, what do you want to do? Okay, we'll do that. I I just think I'm a big fan of the breed and I still have quarter horses and paints, but I am a big fan of the breed. Now, one reason I'm a big fan of the breed is the human healing and the gestalt work that we do. You've gone through my equine gestalt coaching. You are a certified practitioner of that. And you've gone through the master's program to do two additional deep dive years in the gestalt. So are you seeing private clients? Can people work with you? And if so, who are you looking for? Like, who do you most want to serve in terms of doing this work? I am most definitely working with clients. And my favorite thing is a weekend because most people that come to me are in recovery. And my ideal stage is if you've had a good 90 days of healing already so that you are clear-headed and ready to step in with my horses. And it's something that you have dedicated some time with. And when I work with them, you know, there's so many, so many things that they have to go through. And the horses, as you well know, you know, they can read inside of us what 
we're not even ready to acknowledge yet. You know, when you change from a different lifestyle like I did, you know, I didn't even know where I wanted to go. So my favorite thing, like I said, is to go for a weekend and to work here. You can stay at a hotel that's close by or I, you know, I have a trailer on the property too that you can stay here. You know, that way you can fly in. It doesn't have to be. Grand Rapids is a big airport. You don't have to live here in Michigan in order to find this beautiful magical healing you know healing with horses and you know I love to work with you I I love the ahas that that we have that we don't even we're not even aware of until the horse shows us and that's that's something that you have to be here you have to be around them in order to get but once you do it's like oh yeah, you can't put words around it. I agree. It's the hardest thing in the world to put words around it. I always say it's like meeting up with somebody saying, well, I saw the video of my daughter's wedding, but I wasn't at the wedding. You can't, you can't do it justice. There's no way to put words on it. And I agree. Most of my clients, as you know, come in from out of state. This isn't an industry, I don't believe, where people should say, oh, I have a neighbor down the street that does some kind of therapy with horses and does that. First of all, our method is very unique, highly effective and super unique. And then each of our practitioners has a focus point. They have a a way to, like you say, a weekend. You go and you spend that weekend, you drop 95% of what you don't want to carry around with you on the ground of Kathy's arena. You don't fly back out of town with it and go talk about it with somebody else. It's completely different. Just drops it away the most efficient way, I think, to to get that kind of healing and to deal with that unfinished business. Yeah, I agree. I agree. The steps, you know, a lot of people and I do, I go to AA and the steps are very helpful. It just wasn't enough for me. The steps allow you to look at a lot of your things that you happened to do while you were drinking. And for me, you know, I was, there's a lot of guilt and shame around it, but what gestalt, helped me do is to experience the feelings that I had around them really, you know, deep inside myself and to let them go. I don't know how much time we have, but I, I, one of my favorite times is I have a child who was also struggling when I was in recovery and we went through a process of talking about being a mom, having a child in recovery and I was clearer now. I was seeing the mistakes that I made and I was so mad at me, myself. And, you know, with with a group, and I love doing groups here too. I do them on Wednesday nights at seven o'clock and you can find them on my website also. But with the groups with Melissa and teaching, having been taught this, I had to let go of some of my stuff. And I just remember talking about being so mad at myself for the things that I did while I was drinking. And, and I, you know, I was able to let out this big, huge scream that I was holding inside of myself to myself, you know, not even at other people, but at me, I was so mad at me and how good that felt to have that, you know, that shame thrown out out of my body and let go and released and so many people carry that and that's what gets you going back to drinking is you don't let that go looking at it is one thing but letting it go is is the most powerful part and yeah it's another you know deep dive like we say gestalt is deep dive awareness of of who we are and gosh as a, as recovering alcoholic sometimes you have no idea who you are right. sober Right. Or how you got there in the first place. So I agree. Yeah, I agree. Why? That, that was important to me. Right. Why? Right. What made, how did this happen? Drink? Mm-hmm. And yeah. Yeah. Just finding there's pathways of why it's not always one thing, but 
but to look at those pathways and go down them. Yeah, you know? exactly. Well, Kathy, it's one of the areas that I believe, while myself and my other practitioners are competent in working with people who are in sobriety and working on all the issues that we're discussing, there's nothing quite like working with somebody who has been there, done that themselves. You know, they've been walking, they know that walk, they know that journey. So personally, I would tell anybody listening who is struggling with that or has a loved one who is struggling, you know, reach out to Kathy, reach out to one nay at a time and go see her, spend that magical weekend, meet her beautiful gypsies and drop whatever you need to behind you. When you fly out of there, I guarantee you, you will not be packing the same luggage home by a long shot. So it's really worth the trip. I want to thank an organization close to my heart and to Kathy's called Hope Through Horses. It is a nonprofit that actually throws a little money towards supporting this podcast every month. And we thank Hope Through Horses dearly for doing that. Go to their website as well and check them out. They are a nonprofit, so they're open to donations always. And they support people in coming into my training program that might need a little assistance on the tuition. They support our graduates in things they need to get up and running in the business. And more importantly, they support some of the populations who want and need this work and they can't pay full board for what it is. So a weekend like at Kathy's, for instance, if you looked at that and you said, I really can't afford all of that, she can apply through Hope Through Horses to get you a partial scholarship toward that weekend. So they do a lot of different things. They're a wonderful group of big hearted certified practitioners of our company that support us well. And we thank them for supporting this podcast as well. So Kathy, thank you for being on with me today. I so appreciate you and can't wait to see you. I'm sure I'll see you soon. I can't wait to see you. I can't wait to get on your Facebook and keep watching these babies and the fun antics that they do. And I I dream about breeding my mares. I'm not home enough to have babies anymore. I raised all those babies. So I'm so (laughs) glad you're doing it because our human herd absolutely love to bring in a piece of Serenity Baby. Well, thank you. I appreciate it. It was fun. Good. I'm glad it was fun. Have a blessed day. Thank you for listening to the Touched by a Horse podcast. If you'd like more information about anything we've talked about on the show today or our certification program, please visit our website at touchedbyahorse.com. That's touchedbyahorse.com. Or contact our office by phone at 303-440-7125. Also, be sure to keep up with us on social media. We're at Touched by a Horse on both Facebook and Instagram. See you around the barn and on the next episode.